Good morning, good morning. Many blessings in the new year. I like that so much better than happy new year because happiness is, can be shallow in our lives. But we want the blessings of God in the new year. And I am blessed just looking at these end of the year giving numbers. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're stepping out and giving like that with the spirit of the Father, the spirit of generosity. And it really adds up. Wow. Uh, that, that's just a great start for those funds and ministries. Uh, so grateful. I want to say a little bit of a, a look back here in, in a few months ago in 2023 uh, as we uh, do look into 2024. Um, I had just really enjoyed and felt the impact of our, of our all-in series of being dedicated to biblical discipleship, uh, and that is relational discipleship. We're willing to connect in relationships, and we have several people who are either doing or looking to start what we call outreach uh, discipleship groups called DBS, Discovery Bible Study. And so that's an answer to prayer. That is part of what we were believing for would uh, be the fruit of it going into 2024. I also was really touched by the series, the Love One Another series. And we had those round tables here in the sanctuary uh, for, you know, about six, seven weeks in October, November. We heard comments of encouragement that we've never heard out of a Sunday morning gatherings before ever from those those times, things like this. Oh, I can't wait to meet some new people. This should help me do that. Or uh, talking to people. Oh, I got to meet them the other day, on, you know, the other Sunday at a round table. And then, oh, yeah, and I got to meet them at a round table. And the connecting that happened during that time was actually maybe more than we even anticipated. Uh, I felt the presence of the Lord in these, these very real, uh, you know, quiet ways when we scheduled around 15 to 20 minutes of that service to be for the roundtable discussion. We had a couple of times it was more prayer. And every Sunday, even though we had a, like a dismissal, most of the tables kept going. They just had more they wanted to share. And you guys stayed longer after our dismissal on round table Sundays than even other Sundays, which you, some of you guys like to hang around and talk. And those Sundays, people hung around those round tables and more fellowship than any other Sundays that we've noticed. So it had a, a real impact on us. And, um, and that's good because that's why as we continue to work out some uh, organizational administrative things about new life groups and uh, restarting some life groups and making them with some new purpose and design. Uh, it, we're, we're in the middle of it. It's going to take another couple of weeks or so. That that conviction, when Jesus said, this is my new command, love one another, that you really have a challenge doing that and sitting in this kind of auditorium setting looking at people's, the backs of their heads. And so I believe many of you 
uh, you know, or not are just continuing on, but then he will start new conviction to follow God's word into loving one another uh, with these new life groups and small group ministries and things that we're, we're uh, working on. So as your pastor, I am thrilled about how 2023 uh, was winding down, how 2024 is starting up. And I want to just say this right up front. I've been spending time with the Lord, as many of you, your ears wide open. What is God saying about 2024? And I'm hearing over and over again, be expectant. God will show himself strong. Be expectant. God is going to show himself strong. And I want, I want you to believe with me. It is just repeatedly coming to me. And I'm receiving this as a word from God for you, for your family, for this church family, and beyond. And, I, and I'm serious about just, just be expectant. Today, be expectant that God is going to speak, touch, deliver, heal you in a way that he hasn't before. Tomorrow night, there's going to be a prophetic prayer meeting here. They're always expecting when they just sit and wait and listen to the Lord. Well, you know, they're waiting and listening. Well, what is God saying for 2024, I encourage you to be here tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Next Sunday is Phil Wynn's going to be here. You come with expectancy that God's going to speak through him and, and, and uh, in the message that he gives, uh, God gives through him to us in this region. I'm just encouraging you, r- ramp it up. God wants our expectancy up. And he is a God like that. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, throw you the title slide so I I don't forget. These three words are very descriptive of who Jesus is. He is priest. He is the victorious warrior. He is the king. But I want to tell you, God makes us these things, not the king. We're, We're a king, a queen, reigning with him, We're not the warrior. We're a warrior in his army. We're also priests, and that's the the theme we're going to be focusing today and later in today's passages. Uh, Next time I uh, preach and teach, I believe uh, God is saying is I'm always open to switching things up, but that that warrior king is what we're going to be looking at in a couple Sundays. Uh, But um, I want to tell you, God has a purpose for you, and that is to be a priest for him, a warrior for him, to reign as king and queens in his kingdom with him. And so I want you to go into this month of a new year expecting that you're going to live these roles out, these labels, titles God gives you about you, you're going to live them out in this year. See, God is a God of expectancy. Let's look at Romans chapter 15 real quick, verse 13. This just describes just who he is. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, folks, if you're entering this year with, oh, gosh, the economy looks terrible. Oh, I've got situations in my family. Oh, I've got situations at work. Oh, gosh, everything's not. If you've got a pessimistic view going in 2024, I want you to change that this morning. 
I want you to change your thinking to be like God's thinking, that he is a God who abounds in hope. He is a God of hope, and he's putting that in us and wants us to start with that in the new year. There is a soul-searching time for me in the new year. I take advantage of it that's It's a good time to evaluate, restart things, start things fresh, be honest with myself. Um, And I believe it's it's a godly thing to have seasons like that uh, in your life. And so we're going to go there today, and and we're going to look at some scriptures to help um, motivate us and guide us through that. Um, And, you know, January, particularly after... Thanksgiving and Christmas when I've been eating my heart out and been enjoying so much of the goodies of all kinds for over a month and uh, that, hey, some of us are, are thinking what, you know, kind of diets and what kind of exercise and things that, that we need to do. Some of you are into, uh, uh, you know, starting new in the gym and getting a discounted braided at the gym. And, but this might happen to you in a few months where it's six months since I joined the gym and no progress. Hmm. I'm going there in person tomorrow to find out what's really going on. And so many people, and I'm raising my hand, have New Year's resolutions about exercise and really just stick with it for a couple of weeks, and then nothing really changes. Uh, Or you might be more of the get-outside-and-run-and-jog kind of person. This is how I honestly feel about that. I've never seen anyone jogging and smiling, so that's all I need to know about that. And, uh, and so I do more CrossFit type of, uh, of, of training. It has a limited amount of jogging in it, but some of you guys love to run, and, uh, and that's really cool. Not my cup of tea. So when we come to God in a season like this, a brand new year, it, it is, it's really a beautiful thing before the Lord when we open ourselves. And I'd like to just kind of grab this mentality, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So that reasonable service can be Translated, translated perhaps in your version, a spiritual service. This is, we, we give ourselves to God, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, meaning, you know, our lifestyle, what we're saying, what we're doing, we're presenting our lifestyle to Him. And it's, it's a beautiful thing where we're coming to Him, we're, we're just offering ourselves to Him. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what it is that good and acceptable, some say pleasing will of God or perfect will of God, but there are these dimensions to the will of God, maybe even levels sometimes that we're dealing with. I I don't want to be rigid on that, but I do believe there's different dimensions. There's good, acceptable, pleasing, perfect will of God. And what I want to say is much of that is determined on what we're willing to sacrifice, how much we're willing to sacrifice, how much is, are we willing to say, God, really, you know, transform me. I do want transformation. I don't want to stay the same. And there are these kind of levels or 
dimensions and realms of transformation. And I want to say, Lord, prepare us for higher levels, more levels of transformation in 2024. Let us have that. This is... This is your grace, and, I've, and that's what I'd be encouraged because he's going to show himself strong in these areas where you're weak, where you feel defeated, where there's darkness reigning, where there is hopeless and despair. despair. God is going to show himself strong. I'll give you an example of something I'm working on uh, personally in my evaluation and wanting to present to God as more of a sacrifice. And, and to be honest, I uh, was struck when I would read an article or see a little clip, YouTube clip or something, on smartphone addiction. It was just too close to be comfortable with. It was like, ooh, ooh, I do that, I do that, I do that too. And so I'm re-looking really at how I utilize my smartphone and so, for example, I have uh, d- done a do not disturb on basically every, everything coming through. You should never have the, the, uh, the, the, the bells and rings and all that coming through, just, uh, just the vibration. Well, now I got the vibration off, and I've just put the several ladies in my family, uh, their texts and phone calls can come through uh, for emergency's sake. And another lady in my life, uh, ministry particularly, Dolores Mitchell because she is our pastoral care leader. She usually hears about emergencies in our church family before someone else, so her texts and calls can break through. But now my phone is really quiet. It's not like, you know, buzzing, it's flashing, you know, as it gets notifications and things. Really quiet phone. I'm liking this. I'm setting times to check my email. My phone has got this muscle memory. It just wants to check my email many times a day. I don't need to check. Who cares? I don't need to check. So now I've got just several set times. I'm experimenting with this and seeing God can use this adjustment. Why? Because these things are, can be distracting to, in my relationship with God. In the assignments that he's given me, these can be too many distractions. I deal with that anyway, much less letting the smartphone just add to it. And so I want to lead how that smartphone blesses me versus it just having its way over me. That's just an example. Um, Another one uh, that you may be seeking God on is in your daily devotionals, and I'm going to get into some more specifics about that. But that's where things start, where we hear from God. Our minds are renewed uh, in knowing God, this good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Robert Morrison, again, I want to break this down a little bit more later. This is a number of years, several years ago, but he shared this, uh, you know, conviction that God showed him one time that he had kind of gradually slipped away into drive-through quiet times. Isn't that a phrase for you? Uh, that's, that's a lot of, of meat right there, and I, I want to break it down a little bit later. But, Lord God, we want to be open to look carefully at our lives in this transformation. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. It's going to help us do this. This uh, whole passage of 21 verses we're not going to look at. I'm going to encourage you to take a note or picture of this uh, chapter in verses 1 through 21 to read more carefully 
at home. But let's just start off with a couple of the verses there. And, and let me pray. Lord God, your word is light. It's a lamp to our feet. So our mind, our spirits, we're open for the word anointed by your spirit to speak to us specifically here in 2024. Verse 1 starts off, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We'll see later that the sweet-smelling aroma sacrifices are part of what the priests were responsible for. And Jesus' sacrifice was a a priestly sacrifice of himself where he uh, gave himself and it was an aroma, a beautiful aroma. This walking in love is such a powerful statement. That's how we imitate Christ is to walk in love, be motivated by love. Uh, You think about uh, this culture of in the uh, Old Testament and what the Jewish uh, sacrifice system was, there was a lot of burning of sacrifices. There was a lot of smoke going on. And only someone from Texas, like Vernon and Linda Magnus, moved from Texas to start Kintex Barbecue. Only Vernon could say it, like anyone else, that God loves barbecue while he's standing by the grill and there's smoke coming out of the grill. And because what that is, there is, there's a smell and aroma that comes from these burning these different perfumes and sacrifices around the temple. There was smoke, there was aromas, and God loves barbecue. Well, let God love our sacrifice, our presenting our lifestyle to him, and say, Lord, mold it and make it. Let us not let this slip by us. I'm going to skip a few verses. It's really going into... Uh, the level, the types of darkness and uncleanness and purities that uh, the Apostle Paul was addressing here with these believers. It's, it's, it's a good set of verses to read, but I'm going to go to verse 7. And he's saying, Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Now, this is some really cool phrasing in here. That it doesn't say you were once doing deeds of darkness, even though there are deeds of darkness. But no, it's saying that you were once darkness, and now you are light. Isn't that cool? That is worth a hand clap, isn't it? We are light. We are... Jesus Christ is in us. We are in him. And so his light is in us. And so we, the, the scriptures call us light. We don't just do things and shine God's light, which that's true, but it's even deeper than that. And these things of light, he gives a little list here, are the fruit of the Spirit in verse 9, goodness, righteousness, and truth. These things embody uh, what light looks like. That's what we want to have in abundance. I like Julia's word of encouragement there to us in that worship talk. There's more abundance, a prosperity of abundance. Well, this is what it looks like, an abundance of goodness, righteousness, and truth 
and light in our lives, and we're looking for more of that good, acceptable, perfect abundance, you know, that growing abundance on that. So some of our, our goals in the new year, standards, our new, is going to be about this whole thing about dark and light. What is it that we're listening to? What is it that we're watching or even being entertained by that would be in this realm of darkness that if we're honest, God wants us to be cutting some of this out. Present, again, your lifestyle to God. Let him speak to you about things like that because you are light. Let's go to the next few verses. I'm going to jump down to verse, uh, oh, let's see, verse 11, I think, is where we are. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And, you know, in the news at all, it doesn't, it doesn't, it exposes everything, and then you're, you're sitting here having to thank and images and stuff, so it, it's something we've got to watch for. Let's go to verse 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So this is our time. He's kind of shaking us. Wake up. Hey, wake up, sleeper. Don't be subtly deceived by the world's ways and about your phone and how much you're on it and what's come seeping through about your entertainment, whatever kind of venue it is. Don't be kind of subtly moved and swayed by the by this wake up wake up hey be alert the ways of the world and the devil has got their strategies to, to if they can't catch us in some big sin quickly or something then it's just subtle temptations coming in through the back and the side doors want to be alert awake because christ shines through us be expect, expecting in 2024, wake up, get out of this slumber. Don't just make January like any other month. Don't let this month be like this year, like be any other year. Christ will shine on you. Let's be alert. Okay, the last few verses of this passage before we go to something else. Be very careful, verse 15, then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Making the most of every opportunity there in verse 16 can be translated uh, uh, making the most of your time. Uh, There's another phrase, redeeming the time is, is often used. Redeeming the time. So there is this thing about our time that God is addressing here. He wants us to glorify him, be living in holiness and purity, growing in our expectancy of him, not the verse, uh, the opposite of that with our time. He wants us to make, uh, bear the fruit of, of that goodness and righteousness and joy with our time, with every opportunity. So this is our chance to be careful to present these as an offering to God and let him speak back and guide you. Let me just ask you this question out of the scripture here. Do you understand what the Lord's will is in 2024? Have you asked him? Have you spent time listening? 
All these things are important for you to, to write down, right? Just your memory's not going to catch it enough. You're even thinking of things today. You need to jot some things this morning before you leave. You need to go home today. Don't wait till tomorrow. You'll forget about it. And start writing some things down. God is guiding you in 2024. Uh, as I told you, I'm looking at several areas of my life, and I'm actually... Um, uh, taking what I'm, a tithe of my year to do it, to do this evaluation. A tithe means 10% in, in our giving. Uh, we give back to God what belongs to him, a 10% tithe. We trust him. It's a step of faith. We trust him. Then he blesses us back. We're so grateful. Well, in a sense, I'm using the same principle. I'm tithing uh, 36 and a half days, which is basically five weeks, to try these different you know, ways of, of focusing better on, on Christ. And I mentioned this uh, smartphone addiction thing. You know, and if, if not, it could, it could really be more like this for me, that uh, treat your woman like you treat your smartphone, touch her often, stare at her, and make her the most important thing in your life. And so here, this can become great uh, for blessing on my marriage and your marriage too, you know. So you didn't know that was going to just really be awesome. Delisa's saying, amen, hallelujah. Delisa's my wife, if you didn't know. Delisa's the same one. Mm. So let me mention something about our fasting weekend is that <clears throat> there are some years that we have a 21-day church-wide fast. And as Fred said, you really release people to, to, is that food fast? Is that certain foods? Is that what, you know, and you and really develop before the, the Lord the type of fast. And this is a, a weekend. Uh, we put dates of Thursday through Sunday. Pick three days in there so we're fasting at the same time. And, and as leadership, we are asking God about prayer targets for that weekend, and, and God, I'm sure going to speak more that night, like at the Open the Wells worship the prayer night, I want you to come expectant to hear God that night. I want you there on Friday the 19th, 7 p.m., and, 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 to, and we're going to have some prayer targets. God's going to speak through you some prayer targets that affect our families, our church family, maybe the region uh, as well. And, and so... Um, but you, if you're into fasting longer than several days, go for it. I mean, don't let us hinder or prohibit what you're doing before God. You fast as many days as you want. We just wanted a, a time of unity and focus together uh, as a church leadership and family. And so I'm really excited about that weekend and uh, that Open the Wells prayer night. So let me just run through some of the important areas to be evaluating. And uh, you can write these down or take a picture of them. It's five things. It's a personal evaluation between you and the Lord. These are actually spiritual weapons that you need. One is worship. Second is prayer. Uh, Number three is the word, as in the word of God, the Bible. Uh, Community. Uh, would be community primarily in the body of Christ among believers. Number five, obedience motivated by love. 
because a warrior can have uh, weapons of worship, prayer, and the word, even the community. There's so much that God does and strengthens us there. But if we don't have obedience to God's word, motivated by loving him, then all of that ends up being just sharp, uh, dulled. These weapons aren't effective, and they're, they're there. We have them, but we're not using them until we step out in obedience on what God is, is revealing to us in his word by his spirit. Now, let's just break some things down here with worship and prayer to give you some more uh, thoughts on that. Uh, because I want the Holy Spirit to reveal kind of the, the importance and value of it. Um, as going back to Robert Morris's confession, confession when God convicted him, uh, you're doing drive-through quiet times. Quiet times would be a term to talk about his devotional time between the Lord. He said, what had happened was, is I dropped worship out of it. I used to do prayer, worship, and the word, and it ended up being just shorter, briefer, and with the uh, you know pressures of life and the scheduling and so forth, it would end up having this. You know, so so. And, and I'm, I just want to break down this word drive-through because when we do a drive-through uh, at McDee's or whatever, one we're usually rushed, aren't we? And we get a little perturbed that the line is long, and that you're in, and you think, do I park and go in and get this faster, or just sit here in the car? So it's it's a atmosphere of being rushed. When hey, we're talking about a love relationship with God, and that's a relationship's not cultivated well in moments of being rushed, right? And so for me, I'm setting my alarm earlier this year to make sure I'm not getting that rush feeling in my devotionals. The other aspect of it is we know this to be true, that it's not going to be as healthy as some other choices that we could have, right? That, that rushing, that kind of get what we can get real quick, it's not going to have as much of a healthy impact on us. And that can be true too. Now, I, it might be a little debate, but hey, I'm, it's better than nothing. It's better to have a drive-through uh, quiet time than none at all, okay? Grab what you can during the day. You know, every day is different things happen, circumstances happen, right? So I don't want you to walk in condemnation like this uh, regarding this, but this is a visual teaching tool uh, that, hey, we want that level of obedience to grow, that level of devotion to Christ to grow. This word priest that we're going to get into here in a minute is a powerful word. Jesus is the ultimate priest, the high priest. We don't have priests like they did in the Old Testament to take care of this. These are uh, things, sacrifice and, and, and these worshipful practices uh, at the temple. Uh, but what we become priests, and, and it's, it can be a funny word. I, when we lived in, in Philadelphia for seven years, uh, I, we were doing house church ministry, and, and we were in a neighborhood that was very, very Catholic, and, and our region was both Catholic and very Jewish. And this gentleman uh, around my age, you know, a man with some kids and so forth, lived a couple blocks away, and we were talking on the sidewalk one day. 
And, um, and he was saying, well, you know, Father, uh, you, you guys are different. I said, I said Father, what, what are you talking So he saw me as a priest, like at the Catholic Church, and he was calling me Father. I said, I said don't, don't call me Father, just call me Stephen, okay? And, and then he was, and I said, what do you... He was saying, see, you guys are different. You don't deal with the same type of temptations. You don't have, no, no, no. I said, we're human too, okay? Male and female, we're just like, okay, we're created the same, same temptations, you know? And so what you need to realize is that this this, um, term priest in the scriptures is a good word, but it accurately describes uh, who you are. And it's, we are responsible for carrying the presence of God with us. This light, we are children of light. We are light and we care. That is what a priest does. Now, sometimes the goals in working on this are, can be very basic. It might be, hey, I just need to come to church consistently and have a heart expectant to worship and seek God uh, in these times. It might be, I need to... God wants me to join a, be regular in a prayer meeting that's happening. It, it could be some things like that where you look at your lifestyle, your calendar over the months, and you don't have those things in there consistently, and God wants you to get in there. It could, again, as we talked about the devotions, being faithful in those devotions. And then these things impact us during the day to carry the presence of God during the the day. Let's go to First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so, this being a chosen people, sons and daughters of God means that you are part of a royal priesthood of the king. So it's even like a special priesthood. This is who you are. You know, tell a friend today, I'm a royal priest. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and see what they say. They're like, gosh, you're kind of proud, aren't you? And say, well, the Bible tells me I'm a royal priest. Hey. Verse 10, who once were not a people, but now the people of God, who had, who had not obtained mercy, but now have att- obtained mercy. So with carrying this God's light, being people, we are people of mercy. One, we had to have, receive mercy, obtain it, to be who we are, a royal priest. And then so we're mercy carriers. We're going to be generous with mercy. God was generous to us. We're going to be generous with his mercy. I want to go to an Old Testament scripture here quickly. And it talks about uh, the altar that uh, is, is they were making the, uh, the tabernacle of Moses and what worship was going to look like and what each uh, piece of utensil and, and furniture and all was supposed to do and what it's supposed to look like. And they had this thing called uh, the altar of incense. And the incense is frankincense mixed with some other things and equal portions and it was supposed to be burned as a perfume, sweet-smelling aroma. And uh, this frankincense in these proportions, if you made another perfume with the same proportions, you just disobeyed God. 
this was only supposed perfume had these proportions of spices and stuff for that. And, and for centuries, they had to buy expensive frankincense and all these other spices and things to make this specific perfume for burning and this smoke arising and this certain smelling uh, aroma would, would be emitted. So here is uh, in Exodus chapter 30, verse 7, 8. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning when he tends the lamps. He shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. That was a lot of work. That was a lot of organization. They had to have a priest there to make sure there was enough perfume, that it was a mixed right, and it was there. And then they had to perpetual. That means ongoing throughout your generation. This represents this worship aroma to God and the prayers coming from the intercessions from the people. This is coming to me perpetually. See, the world doesn't need that anymore because the world has us, the sons and daughters of the king. He has royal priests in you and me. And from our devotionals and, hey, if you miss one because of whatever happened, I mean, you young mothers, you know, God will give you creativity. This is such a challenge. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't want to make light of that. God will give you creativity, ways how to step your desires in your heart to step into this growing desire to, uh, to grow in this worship and prayer in your life. And, um, but it's, we are to care it perpetually. We're supposed to not just, oh, I got my Bible reading done. Boom, shh, I'm done with that. Check it off my list. I'm gone for the day. It's to impact us. And then when we remember during the day, that impacts our next devotional. And these things tie together in an awareness closer to God. I'm just going to mention this. I'm not going to go into these scriptures right now because I, I have more to do. But this was a fore, uh, the foreshadowing in Exodus of how this worship is to be going 24-7, worship and prayer. Well, guess what? It happens in the throne room. And in Revelation chapter 5, I'm, I'm getting, not going to read the scriptures, but these elders come off their thrones they cast their crowns in worship, and they have a harp with them and a bowl of incense representing the worship and prayers of the saints. So what was done physically in the Old Testament foreshadows what we do on earth as priests is actually going on in heaven, and in, 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 it's going to be incredible when we see this with our own two eyes and and. Uh, and so we're actually just participating in something that's ancient and that prophesied us doing it, and it's been going on in heaven in eternity and will in eternity. I mean, this is awesome what we get to do and be a part of. I love it. So let's break some of these things down again just to, to um, get a little bit more practical here. What is the will of the Lord in your life in 2024? That question is a great question. Looking at these priestly functions uh, in a, on a daily basis, let's look at this list again of this personal evaluation. Number one, worship. Now, 
some of you guys already have worship prayer lists, uh, I mean, worship uh, playlists on your phones and things, and it's easy to get to. Some of us don't. That's a really easy tool to help us to get in some worship on a regular basis or in the car or in, uh, while you're doing other things. And I'm not saying that uh, you've got to do worship all music all day. God created music. It's, it's an incredible expression of, 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 you know, emotions and creativity and communication, et cetera, on and on and on. Hey, it's incredible, right? Well, but don't forget the first reason God created music was for worship. So have it in your daily life, your regular routine, some form or fashion. And yes, God made us priests. You know, priests were part of the worship uh, leaders and, and the choirs and the temple singing songs. And you are like that. All of us have a set of lungs. We've got a set of percussion instruments. We have a wind instrument out of our lungs. We have I've been told this. I, I, I was going to ask somebody who knew, but our vocal cords are like strings in a sense, the way they vibrate with the air. So we have, we have all the instrumentation we need, string instruments, wind instruments, clapping. So even though it may not sound as good as Julia, don't you know, let it go. It's still pleasing to him what you say, what you hum, what you sing to the Lord and, and, it's, and it's like, gosh, this is really embarrassing, Lord. Oh, he puts, he's got this big smile on his face. Oh, I love, even that, that joyful noise, that intentionality of using your voice in some way is that you were created a priest to speak. And it doesn't have to be in song. It can just be in words, worshiping God. And, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Worship is just an expression of our love for him, right? It's just how we express love. Let's look at prayer. I want to get into your hands, perhaps through an email this week or so, some tools if you're struggling. What do I do during my prayer time? Uh, how do I develop a prayer list? How do I, do, you know, there's lots of tools and possibilities out there, and, and I don't want to get into that today. But you can Google that, and there's, they're there. The lists are there. The tools are there to develop your prayer time and to feel like, you know, you're making it uh, more on target. The Word uh, is one that we're going to get into more in a, in a couple weeks when I teach on this again, the impact of having the Word in your heart, mind, on a regular, daily basis. It is one of the most important spiritual weapons to be effective, victorious warriors. Last Sunday's message, Daryl Tracy got into this. And, and I, I want to kind of piggyback off of some things he said about meditating on God's Word. That's a scriptural instruction, meditating on God's Word. And I want to get into that later. But let me tell you, this is a key for us to believe that God will show himself strong in 2024. Because we receive strength from God's word, prayer and worship, we receive. And so our faith and expectancy grows. Look what I'm sensing. I, my faith is growing. God is, he's really going to be strong in 2024. And so these are keys to growing in our ex expectancy. 
our community, our, our opening opportunities uh, for you in life groups and other type of um, uh, fellowship things. But in the end, and again, I'll later in the um, series talk more about obedience motivated by love. When the priest team uh, comes up, I, and, and they can at any time now, I'd like to have, I've asked for some extra altar ministry team prayers to be available because I want you to feel the freedom to step out in this expectancy this morning, not wait till, oh, the guest speaker comes next Sunday. Oh, let's wait till Stephen gets to that later part of the series uh, with the word and being a warrior. No, no, no. Listen, God is opening doors in our hearts right now to where I believe God is saying today, expect me to be strong in your life. I opened up with that scripture. This is, this is who God is. He is the God of hope. He will fill you with joy and peace, believing that you will abound in hope by what the power of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and turn those lights down low as we're going to get into this worship song again. I speak Jesus. Because that's the power of who Jesus is. Listen, Jesus Christ left heaven. He came to earth on a rescue mission for us to deliver us from darkness, deceptions, bondages, to deliver us and heal us where the darkness is putting great pain and suffering on us to deliver us from that and put us into a place a freedom of Christ, the light of God. And I don't want you to go into these battles alone. I want you to have people praying with you, standing with you. And it really doesn't matter what area it is. Or uh, uh, I don't want you to uh, go into this year trying to step out in faith and some new changes in your devotionals and so forth. And you have some, some doubt, you have some fear about whatever you think God is leading you into in 2024. I want you to have someone agreeing with you and standing with you. And so as in just a moment, we start this worship song. You can let the worship song just build you up or you can go ahead and get prayer. It really doesn't matter. We're just going to seek God together for a while. And um, this scripture here is a great scripture that describes where I'm sensing what God is doing in our lives right now in January of 2024. Isaiah 40:31 says, "But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." And it's that waiting on the Lord, it's that opens that door wider for the Spirit of God to mount you up on wings where your faith, that abundance of prosperity uh, mentioned earlier of this, of the Lord uh, lifting us up and then that affects our step. It affects uh, how we walk and how we 
the weariness gets drained out because we have this newfound strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go into this worship song. Let's just wait upon Him. Let's renew our strength by looking to Him and trusting Him this morning. Jesus 